0: Each year, over one million people die of malaria and its complications. Can malaria ever be eliminated? Is a malaria vaccine the answer? You're listening to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to a special segment focused on global health. I'm Dr. Mary Lushard, your host, and with me today is Dr. William Collins. Dr. Collins is a senior biomedical research scientist at the Center for Disease Control in Atlanta. He has been studying malaria for coming up to 50 years. Today, we're discussing what Dr. Collins describes as a hopeful beginning to malaria vaccines in the fight to eliminate malaria globally. Welcome, Dr. Collins. Good day to you. So, when was the concept of a malaria vaccine first proposed?
1: Well, malaria vaccine development began probably in the 1940s. The early work was done in monkeys. They tried to develop a vaccine using monkeys and also in mice, but most of the early work was within monkeys, done at the National Institutes of Health. Actually, some work was done in World War II, actually, to try to make a human vaccine. Some experimental studies were done with humans at that time, but it uh, wasn't very successful. The idea at that time was abandoned at the end of World War II because they had a great drug. Chloroquine was developed as a drug, and at that time, with the development of DDT and chloroquine, the two more or less wonder drugs and insecticides, they thought malaria would disappear. They said, stop training malariologists. Malaria will disappear because we have the perfect insecticide and the perfect drug, and actually they did. It was the two great things. Unfortunately, insecticide resistance developed and drug resistance developed. And therefore, it was thought then in recent years we had to find something else. And then about 25 years ago, the interest became peaked again, shall we say, when some studies in mice showed that you could actually develop resistance against the sporzoid. Sporozoid stage, which is the first barrier that you would have if you could stop the sporozoid, you could stop the disease right away. The people at New York University developed a vaccine using a radiated sporozoite, and they could protect mice against infection. And that was the first beginning, more or less, of an effective vaccine to protect mice. But there's a great leap, shall we say, from protecting a mouse to protecting a human. Studies then went to monkeys. At the same time, people started working on blood stages and all the other stages of the malaria parasite, mostly with monkeys and mice. But the thought was that monkeys were the closest thing to people. And the thought was that we could look at all the different stages and find whereabouts we could make vaccines that would protect mice or protect monkeys against infection or against disease. Then we could translate that into a vaccine to protect people. So for the last 20 years in particular, there's been a lot of work to try and get a vaccine. But the thought was if we could stop the parasite at the very beginning, to stop the sporzoid before it could get into the patient and initiate an infection, that was the first stage. And this vaccine, the vaccine that's being talked about right now, the RTSS vaccine, is the first one that's gone to human trials, is a vaccine against the sporozoid. Now, there are other vaccines that are coming along, shall we say, or being looked at against the blood stages, against the mosquito stages, and that also have some interest and some promise, but there's always been the hope Well, if you can stop the parasite before it even initiates an infection, that's the interesting place and the one that would be supported – and this is the vaccine that's now being looked at and being tested. The RTSS is the first one to get extensive human trials, and it's against the sporozoite stage.
0: Who is developing the RTSS vaccine?
1: The RTSS vaccine originally was developed by studies at the Army. They did some human studies, and then it was picked up commercially, a commercial company, the Smith Klein Beecham, people who are commercially developing this vaccine, but it's being supported by the Gates Foundation and other. Uh, people who can put money because you have to look at it from the standpoint is that I don't think anyone expects to make a lot of money out of it. Malaria is a disease of poor people. Most people don't consider it's a vaccine you sell to to rich people. It's a vaccine you will eventually give to poor people. Most of the people who have malaria are terribly poor. So even the development of a vaccine like this, which will eventually probably end up costing hundreds of millions of dollars to develop, is for people who probably can't afford it in the end anyway. So it's up to probably government organizations and places like Gates people to do it. It's, it's remarkable that a, a company such as Beecham has put so much effort into this. It's, it's, it's really remarkable that they've committed themselves to do this.
0: How many studies have been conducted using the RTSS vaccine to date?
1: I don't know how many studies, when you start, that they've gone through mouse studies and human studies, but the studies in in Tanzania, which is the first big one that we know about that got a lot of write up several years ago, showed that it gave about 30% against clinical disease and 40% against new protection. Now, the two trials that were just reported this last week at the American Society of Tropical Medicine and then they're the ones that we had an opportunity to review in the New England Journal of Medicine, report better than 50 percent, both of them, against infection. Now, this is hard to assess a vaccine when you're also doing control. You know, it's difficult to assess anything when you ethically have to have bed nets and insecticides at the same time. So there's not a lot of malaria in the area where they're doing their assessment. It's hard to assess a vaccine when at the same time you're having your children sleep under bed nets and you're using control methods such as drugs when everyone gets anyone shows any sign of a disease. But ethically, you must conduct a trial at the same time that you're controlling the same disease you're trying to assess a vaccine. But even under those conditions, they showed that they were getting protection. So that it's really remarkable that in, in an area where they're having control activities, when they superimposed a the vaccine into those areas, they were able to still find that the vaccine was having a beneficial effect. Now, the next stage three vaccine trial, which is coming up, which will have probably 10 to 13,000 people, every child will be sleeping under a bed net at the same time. But we'll hopefully be able to demonstrate that the vaccine is still working. This vaccine is doing what we all hoped, or everyone hoped, will show that if you could stop the sporozoite, you can stop infection. If you can stop infection, then you have a beneficial effect. Now, this is designed by using a small piece of protein that's on the surface of the sporozoite. There's another vaccine that is coming along that is using the whole sporozoite, which has been inactivated by being irradiated. It's difficulty is that it needs a cold chain. It has to be used. there are radiated sporozoites that are kept frozen, and then the patient is immunized with frozen sporozoites. It has been shown to work in human volunteers, but its difficulty with that vaccine is that you have to deliver the vaccine under a frozen state. But the thought has always been that frozen sporozoites or sporozoites themselves will have the whole protein. This particular vaccine, RTSS, vaccine is a piece of that thing that has been synthetically produced. It is a four amino acid stretch that has been repeated, made chemically repeated.
0: If you're just joining us, you're listening to a special segment focused on global health on Reach XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Mary Louchard, your host, and joining me today is Dr. William Collins from the CDC. We're discussing malaria vaccines and their role in eliminating malaria. Dr. Collins, With regard to the vaccine, what's the duration of efficacy of the vaccine?
1: Well, I don't know if they know how long it will be effective. When you design or when they design the trial, they set the beginning and an end of the trial, and that was just for logistic reasons, of course. You know, it's difficult to say, well, we'll run a trial for six months, we'll run a trial for nine months. They have to find a beginning and an end of a trial. These trials, you know, weren't designed to run till the very end to see, you know, whether the vaccine would run six months, two years or not. But most of the thought is on all of these. And there are experimental studies which indicate that this vaccine and all of these anti-sporozoite vaccines are boosted when live sporozoites are introduced so that when a patient or a child out here is fed upon by sporozoites in the field, they'll probably be boosted by those sporozoites. So, in the absence of any infection or any malaria in the area, they'll probably last anywhere from six months to a year, maybe as long as two years. But if there are live sporozoites introduced, in which the surface coat, which is of the sporozoite, is put in as a booster, then they would last longer. So, experimentally, the thought is that in an endemic area, they will last much longer than in a non-endemic area. But experimentally they are designed to last probably in the range of a year to a year and a half to two years.
0: Are there any safety concerns with the vaccine?
1: All of these trials, in the, these two trials in particular and the one before, have all indicated these vaccines are very safe. They were given in conjunction actually with other vaccines to make sure they didn't interfere with the normal vaccines. The normal expanded program immunization schedule, which was regular childhood immunizations were given at the same time, so they didn't interfere with the normal vaccines which were being given. The hope is they'll be given along with measles vaccines and the tetanus vaccines, diphtheria vaccines, other vaccines that are being given. So therefore, this vaccine was given with other vaccines to make sure that they uh, didn't interfere and that you know, those other vaccines didn't interfere with it. So they look to be extremely safe, and they have to have an adjuvant of some sort. The fact is that these small peptide vaccines are ineffective without an adjuvant. That's one advantage possibly of the whole sporzoid vaccine, the irradiated one, that may come along in testing. They may not need an adjuvant, but the small peptide ones absolutely need an adjuvant.
0: How soon do you think we'll see this vaccine in clinical use?
1: Well, this one that they reported on here, this RTSS, is going to phase three, I think, next year, so that at the end of that trial, if it is successful, as successful as these two were, I would imagine at the end of that trial, it'll probably be ready for widespread distribution. I can't see why they should hold it up any longer.
0: How close do you think we are to global eradication of malaria?
1: That's a problem when you talk about eradication. The Gates Foundation says we should have eradication, but I think... Elimination from many areas is very feasible, but eradication would mean you'd eliminate the thing from the world. I don't think you're going to get rid of this particular disease from many isolated areas. That's my personal opinion. But in most of the important areas, it'll be brought down. I think World Health Organization is looking toward 2015 as a target area to eliminate it from most of the major areas as a killing disease, uh, a major killing disease. If the donors and we don't have a war and, you know, if, if, if. But there are going to be pockets that are going to be difficult. There are areas in some parts of Asia and some parts of Africa that are going to be difficult to wipe out. But the whole thing is that if we don't have wars, we don't have political upheavals, then if the will is there, it can be done, I think. But I'm one of the pessimists that think that there's always something that's going to go wrong. And Zimbabwe is, a, is an example.
0: Well, my thanks to you, Dr. Collins. Uh, we've run out of time, but thank you for being our guest.
1: Thank you so much for talking with me. I appreciate it very much.
0: We've been discussing malaria vaccines and their hope for future eradication of malaria globally. I'm Dr. Mary Lushar. You've been listening to a special segment focus on global medicine on ReachMD, XM160, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your comments and questions through our website at reachmd.com, which now features our entire medical show library in on-demand podcasts. Thanks for listening.